Welcome to the Mental Muscle Podcast. Quick nuggets of wisdom for happiness, efficiency, and meaningful living. Your thoughts need surgery and I've got the scalpel. My name is Ryan Howard. Yo, what is up, guys? Listen, I'm going to tell you straight off the bat, this is going to be a very different, informal vibe that we're doing (laughs) on the Mental Muscle Podcast today, but with good reason, and you're going to be enjoying what's coming forward. I got a really good friend of mine, a homie named Jordan. Somebody that I met maybe, what, a few weeks ago? It hasn't even been. It has not been a whole month. Yeah, it's crazy. three weeks ago. (laughs) And we clicked off the bat primarily because, number one, the story of this man, the wisdom, but also the experiences and the authenticity that he represents. Like, I'm just so with it. And I feel like it's a representation of exactly what my goal is here on this podcast to spread authenticity, to spread truth, to spread love, but then also to create an avenue for connection and for wisdom Mm. to hit us in different ways. And so for that reason, I wanted to bring Jordan on today. So we just wanted to vibe with it, y'all. So Jordan, what's up, man? Yo, thank you, thank you, thank you. A thun- like a thousand times, thank you. <laughs> I'm grateful to be here. Mm-hmm. This is my, so your listeners know, this is my first podcast. This mm-hmm. is the first time I'm audio recording, as mm-hmm. I have been on camera. I didn't mention that to you. Uh-huh. Uh, in high school, okay. I did TV production. Oh, so And yeah. I was on like, I was on your talent a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't do editing. Uh-huh. I did a film. <laughs> but I just loved being on camera yeah but this is the opposite so and i've always wanted to voice act that's mm-hmm. another little dream i've had oh but all of that being said i'm just happy to be here and i'm happy to share my story and whatever else we get into yeah well um, hey man super super happy to have you for that reason i mean the thing that captivated me right off the bat was hearing just your story you yeah. know and not just from the cliche point of like oh everybody's got a story yeah which is true but it's also the fact that like when you have somebody who's really not just going through life but growing through life mm. that story really takes shape in a way that's so powerful and it, it really mm. hit man like the, the things that this dude has experienced and been through and and places he's traveled like it's it's, it's just a crazy <laughs> thing man so i don't even know where you want to start yeah, i just kind of want to give you the mic okay Say, what, to tell me a little bit about that your your story about you know maybe what you've come from right. or just whatever like go at it bro all right <laughs> i'll give a little background um first of all my name is jordan gornai i am 24 years old as of february 18th mm-hmm. so what well, today's march Third? What, the third, right? Yeah, yeah. Today's March yeah, 3rd, 2020, uh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. Um, I was born in New York, raised in Florida uh, with an awesome family. I have two older brothers, a little sister, uh, multicultural. My mom is Dominican. My dad is Haitian. I have Caribbean vibes all around hey, me. Yeah. I've grown uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've grown in many different cultures uh-huh. and I love that about me yeah. I, I love that I had that opportunity mm-hmm. to connect with others and it's given me the gift of connecting with other people throughout mm-hmm. life seamlessly mm-hmm. yeah. and that's where I'm grateful for the struggles that I've been through because mm-hmm. that's been my biggest gift to be able to relate to others mm-hmm. while on the streets mm-hmm. while struggling mm-hmm. and it's the most mm-hmm. beautiful thing about the journey yeah uh, the biggest take or gift from the journey is my presence mm-hmm. now 
Mm-hmm. I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. My, what, what's interesting is when you say struggles, struggles you've been through, I know that's something that we can all relate to. You yes. Know? This concept of like we all go through things to some extent. But of course, like we have varying struggles that, that manifest in the ways that we feel and the ways that we think and the ways that we apply our, ourselves towards life and our belief systems and everything. So what are some of the primary struggles that you experience? You know, uh, substance abuse was early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was 15 the first time I smoked weed. Mm-hmm. Which is cool to mm-hmm. me. That's yeah. just <laughs> yeah. I am very open, and mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not here to hide that information at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sixteen, seventeen, ooh, seventeen. I'm sorry, was the first time I've tried psychedelics, mm-hmm. uh, LSD specifically. Mm-hmm. If you're open-minded, yeah. highly recommend. It's a great medicinal <laughs> substance, <laughs> but <laughs> not at that age. Yeah. And and I I will not just tell a adolescent mm-hmm. or young adult mm-hmm. to just jump in and do yeah. psychedelics. Uh, reason being, I did a lot of research beforehand, mm-hmm. set and setting the people you're mm-hmm. with, the people that you listen to is key. Uh, substance abuse, what else? Uh, I don't have to go into the details yeah, of all of that, but I, I just, I, I think it's worth sharing. I guess yeah. it paints a better picture of who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel like I've been a hippie since high school. So uh, uh-huh. I'm, I'm all for that end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, I have experienced houselessness mm-hmm. for one to two months mm-hmm. uh, in different places <laughs> in New York, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit in Florida, not that much, mm-hmm. and definitely in Los Angeles. And during that sprint, I have been able to drive across the country from New York to LA without a dollar in my pocket and just take that biggest leap of faith in my entire life and trust God, the universe, whatever you want to call it entirely throughout the whole process. And so what, during that time of houselessness, thank you. I, I want to, I, I like that term. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's very metaphorical, Yeah. you know, something that I, I'm certainly going to apply. But during that time, what was it like for you emotionally? Like what was going on in your internal world? Uh, pretty spontaneous mm-hmm. internally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to say chaotic because I was fully present with the trust and the faith that I had the whole time. Uh, one thing is it was kind of my choice, not completely. I was going through, for me, my, my first real breakup. Uh, I just lost my job. Um, and where I could have gone was not a healthy place at the time, where, which would, would have been my grandma's house, just not the best family relationships at the time. And what truly caused that was being physically abused by somebody else. And just, that's just, that was my, I said, I'm done, fuck it. Like I was just done. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm free and I don't need to be anywhere. I'm, I, I'm alive. I have my body, I have my spirit, and whatever other skills and assets that I have. I have done construction growing up, so I knew that that I had skills with me wherever I went. I don't necessarily need a resume wherever I go. I could find a side hustle. Um, I had weed on me a lot of the time. I count that as money. I didn't even tell you about that. I In New York, my the most powerful tool for me, which again, I don't re- recommend this for people, but because of my personality and the way I'm able to move and just knowing the streets, 
if I had no money, I had a pre-roll joint, I would throw it on the counter in the deli and be like, yo, I have no money. Can I grab a water bottle, some fruit and nothing? And they'll tell me, take more. I'm like, no, this is all I need. And it, you're good. And I'll just walk out and keep moving. But without a doubt, I did not, I never stopped moving. And that is a gift and a curse too. Cause I, I had a lot of energy, a lot of the time. I would smoke weed to try to calm down or just to block out all the bullshit from being on the streets. So I don't know if that answers your question completely, yeah, but my, yeah. my mind was everywhere, but there was always faith. I, there wasn't a point in time where my faith escaped me. That gave me so many things that I want to ask about because that mm. was awesome. So first off, where did that energy you felt come from? Why, uh, were, you, why were you so energetic? Well, first of all, the time I broke up with the person that I was with was very pivotal in my growth as a person. Um, I had dimmed my own light to be with this person that I didn't completely want to be with a lot of the time. And I knew I wanted to break up with her for months, but it wasn't until I actually pulled that trigger that I actually exploded into my wholeness for the first time. And I was 22. <laughs> so it was almost like a, a way of freedom almost. Yeah, because uh, I had been with her for over a year, maybe a year and a half. And so all of 21, I was with someone. Well, I'm sorry, the beginning of 21, no. But going into 21 and being a legal adult now, yeah. quote unquote, mm -hmm. uh, I was with somebody. And mind you, that is my first significant other right. too. Uh, I was a virgin in all aspects. I'd never kissed a girl all, until I was 21. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a gift and a curse in my mm -hmm. opinion. Cause like once you have that time, mm -hmm. it, your, your emotions are all over the place. Right. Or I just, I'll just speak for myself. My emotions were all over the place and I was Definitely. fully encapsulated by this person. And it was just the first person, which for some people, their first is their first and their last, mm -hmm. but knowing the type of person I am, my first person was not going to be my last. Cause I knew before I even got with her, that I want to explore other people. Uh, whether I knew for how long didn't matter, but I knew deep down, this is not gonna be my first and last. Maybe it's a lesson in and of itself, which she taught me a lot. And the age difference was very big. She was seven and a half years older than me. Wow. So 21 and a 20, 28 year old. Mm -hmm. That's big. Yes. That's, uh, that's and that was my first relationship. I didn't meet somebody my age which I, I would have probably wanted. I don't even know, but that's just, that's what, that's all it is now. That's a major thing for me, what you just conveyed, because I feel like that allows us to really look at the way that we perceive bondage and freedom mm. is so often up for interpretation. Yeah. Because many of us look at many, many people are single, you know, right. many people are single and they look at being in a long-term committed relationship as, oh, for, that is that is the ultimate freedom because I'll be able to express my love and receive love, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and so th that most definitely is true, you know, but also the opposite can be true. That yeah. being in those experiences can feel like bondage. And yeah. then respectively, people can feel like, oh, having a whole bunch of money, having all the things is mm. freedom. Mm. But now you're talking about this time where you engage, where you were... Um, and houseless yeah and during that time despite the fact that you were indeed experiencing struggles you've communicated to me that there was definitely 
level of freedom there as well. Immensely. Very much so. Like, for example, I, I would love for you to tell the story that you were talking about when you would dance on oh, the streets. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. So, mm -hmm. wow. Uh, the day I decided to leave may have been hard, but the days following, I always had my Bose speaker on me. A mini, the mini, I forgot the name of it, but like the mini sound link or something. Bluetooth speaker, and I, I usually had like a portable charger, and I always had music with me. I'm, I've listened to music for a very long time. I love like hip hop, future beats, old school hip hop, a lot of instrumental dance music, not necessarily EDM, but to be able to just go to like Union Square Park. I remember the first time it was with my cousin and like another good friend, and there was just a crew of dancers and this big ass speaker. They were just dancing. I was like, yo, guys, like, I just want to go do this. And as soon as I started walking, she's like, wow, he is free. That's what Jenny said. I was like, I don't, I, it didn't mean anything to me. Yeah. I just knew that my purpose was to go there and dance, wow. not, not for entertaining others. It was for the freedom like that. When I say a lot of energy, that the dance was the release expression and the, the dance was the dance of the energy within me so i was like I, I i have like a little bit of teachings of like reiki or like tai chi or i'm like i've kundalini meditated so i felt a, a mixture of all of those energies as well as just like the flow of moving my body and being able to experience freedom in its finest form for me and that to me we were just talking about this because of course you know, me and Jordan had to get in a little powwow before we started recording, <laughs> yeah. just because we, we, were, we were looking forward to this. But it's so crazy because that's exactly how I perceive art. Mm. That true expression of yourself. And ultimately, that's what's so powerful to me. Yeah. Because at that time, you didn't have a whole bunch of money or a whole bunch of material things that you were looking for. But yeah. ultimately, the one thing that we're all searching for is freedom. Yeah. And it's freedom to express ourselves yeah. unabashedly, unashamedly. Yeah. To be able to step to, for you to be able to do that, like, I almost feel like there was a, a moment when they said, wow, that dude's free. There was almost a, a little tingle of envy there to be able to, not, I'm not mm -hmm. saying this. Oh, I'm, they, no, I'm listening, yeah, I'm listening, yeah, I'm yeah, listening. Yeah, that, yeah. that they almost had a, a little tingle of envy mm -hmm. to be able to look at someone walking in their truth. Mm -hmm. That's so huge. To be able to walk in your truth to say, I don't give a damn the way everybody else is looking at me. I don't even give a damn about the thoughts I'm having about myself. <laughs> I'm just free to express and I'm going to honor that. Yeah. That was you honoring yourself. Yeah. And it was funny with that specific moment, as I was dancing, uh, this older, not couple, like maybe like a mom and a daughter, I don't even know who they were, but out of the dancers, she pointed me out and said, he's dancing differently mm. than them. Whether they had a style or not, I just would flow. I don't have a style, it was just free flow. And I don't know if there's like a genre or a title for that type of dance. And then my cousin took me to the side and she, she was like, yo, she wanted to talk to you. Like she noticed you're dancing differently. And I just described what I said. I, I've meditated regularly. I've experienced different energy works. And I said, I'll do some healing for you. But th it's all intuitive. And whether or not it's real, I, I just felt the presence of that energy. I, I did some chakra work. And she felt it, she said. Yeah. And she felt peaceful after leaving my presence. And then I just went back to dancing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. she's like, thank you. I was like, you're welcome. I gave her a hug and yeah. I just kept dancing. <laughs>
the one thing that I'm so anxious to ask right now is when you were experiencing that, when you were in that moment of dancing, mm-hmm. was your mind active? Were you mm-hmm. thinking? I think it's more flow. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly the word. Yeah, that's it's exactly more flow. And every time I was able to do the dancing was the meditation. Because there were times when if I were sitting still, I'm focusing on where I'm at and where I'm at doesn't matter because I have nowhere to go. My mind is thinking forward of like, I need to be here, here and here. And that's it. Whether it's a cafe, whether it's a bathroom to wash my face. But thankfully, I've had the experience of the city to know I have spots that I can go to and utilize. If I'm houseless, it doesn't mean I'm just going to sit here and wait for somebody to come to me. Because I am my greatest gift to myself while I'm here. This is my circumstance. This is where I'm at. I'm going to grow here. And I'll always have somewhere to go. I know people. I have a phone that works. I have connections. I can do these things. And there there were options to hit up people to go and crash at their houses. I just didn't do it. I wanted to fully experience what it meant to be houseless. There is... Now, this is the crux. And I'm I'm getting hyped. Like, I have goosebumps (laughs) as I'm listening to this. Because it's so powerful I love that quote, as above, so below. Mm, That resonated with me. Yes. And what I'm listening to as I'm hearing what you're describing, you're right. Flow is exactly the word. Mm. Because, you know, for those podcast listeners that have heard me talk about this before, I mean, if you guys have been listening to the Mental Muscle Podcast, you've heard me speak about it multiple times, where I've I've spoken about the science of flow. Mm. You know, because we talk about flow, which is synonymous with the runner's high or just mm-hmm. being in the zone. Yeah. And Stephen Kotler and the Flow Genome Project, they engaged all of this time and, and mind power and money to studying flow. Yeah. And they actually looked at adventure sports athletes because okay. they found that they were some of the most consistent representatives of people who embodied flow. Wow. Because they found that these people were breaking records. Like, it is the one sport where records are broken, number one, in record time. (laughs) The records are broken in record time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because usually in sports, records are broken maybe every 10 to 15 years. Mm. But in adventure sports, so people who are climbing mountains without a harness, people who are walking tightropes, people who are luging at crazy speeds, Mm. you know, all of that, that wild stuff, they were breaking records within one to three years. And the other thing is they weren't beating them by incremental periods. Mm. They were beating them by drastic margins. Wow. And they were like, why are they doing this? And they figured out it was because they were accessing flow. Mm. But here's the thing that the Flow Genome Project figured out that's amazing, is they figured out the cognitive characteristics of flow. So what happens when a person is in that state of not only high performance, but that state of peace, that state of fulfillment, that state of ease. It's really the mental state of highest performance and emotional satisfaction. And they found, number one, that they have no identity. Mm. That when a person's in flow, they're not thinking about who they quote unquote are, what they own, what they have. They're in an empty yet spacious space. So that's one. Secondly, is they're completely in the moment. (laughs) It is the mental state of, of mindfulness, of pure awareness, where future time becomes an illusion, or rather the awareness that time is an illusion becomes clear. 
inflow mm. because future dissipates uh past dissipates they're simply in the now so the idea of what you just said of i didn't have anywhere i didn't have any anything to do i didn't have anywhere i needed to go i was just there and i yeah. had options but i didn't have to process them i'm just here what you just said was the thing that we're looking at in science as, oh, these epic doctors and PhDs and MDs and they're finding the most innovative knowledge is being found in a space where a houseless person mm -hmm. who just been, who just broken up with their partner, who didn't know what the future would look like. Yeah, I lost my job. I lost everything for, for me then. And yet you were accessing the ultimate state of peace and awareness. Why? Because you were in the moment. That's what we can learn. I loved it. That's powerful, man. And it's funny hearing the feedback mm -hmm. from being houseless. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people think like, oh, that must have been such a dark time. And in fact, it was actually one of the greatest times of my life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I was so open to Everything and anything coming my way, spontaneity was mm -hmm. the biggest factor. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. The people that I met on the streets were the biggest lessons. I've, I would talk to other actual homeless people that have been homeless for years at a time. And the gold was with them. Being able to share those moments with them. And they would ask me how long I've been out. A week? I've been, on, I've been outside yeah. a week. Mm -hmm. And that's nothing. Yeah. That is legitimately nothing. They're like, oh, you're good. Yeah. You'll be fine. Mm -hmm. and, and, and just give me the little bits of tips of where I could go, who I can talk to if I need something. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I would, I would say the opposite. I would say, do you need anything? I can get you food. I can mm -hmm. get you water. I can get you whatever. Mm -hmm. Hell, I would give away my weed. Just like if, if they need something to just, you know, whether it's medical or not, or just, just relax for a moment share that peace and that energy with them just to you know ease the tension a little bit just a little yeah. bit i'm not i'm not healing everything right and that's like i i do identify as a healer especially in those moments i felt like i my healing capabilities were at its highest because i was free i was totally detached from stuff from people from things totally detached 100 percent in the thing I love about that, you saying that that was one of the greatest times, is I know that sounds so crazy to so many people. And that was a huge, that, that is probably what I, what I perceive to be one of the greatest purposes of what we're doing right now and having this podcast. Because we started this, like we said before we hit play, we're like, listen, we have no goal right now. Mm. <laughs> like we're just vibing with it. We're going to ride this vibe and whatever is meant to happen will manifest authentically and spontaneously. And I mean, hey, I feel like that goes hand in hand with what we're talking about. Yeah. But it's showing the fact that, number one, <laughs> the things we're looking at as creating our suffering are not. Yeah. They're creating, they may be creating or contributing to our pain, but our suffering is a choice. Yes. That our suffering is a choice. And on top of that, that when people are experiencing issues, when they're experiencing struggles, it is wrong to associate that to their identity. Yeah. That when you see a houseless person on the street, for you to identify them as, oh, that person is a houseless person, so they don't have drive, they don't have this, they don't love themselves, da 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 da, da. Like, that is so wrong because, by the way, 
What you just described is exactly the description that Eckhart Tolle gave. Oh yeah? When he was walking around, because Eckhart Tolle, as again, many of you guys know, is a spiritual teacher that I love, that I talk about so often. And this man, after he had this spontaneous experience of conscious awareness, where he felt that he had transcended his mind, even though he doesn't say it that way, he mm -hmm. says it as, you know, he overcame the, the, the mental chatter, mm -hmm. where he said his brain activity decreased by 70 to 80%, but not in a way where he became less functional, but right. rather he became more functional mm -hmm. because he got rid of all the unnecessary stuff. But wow. soon after that time, he found himself homeless. He was homeless because... I didn't know that about him. Yeah, man. That was a, a key thing. And he said that during that time, he would sleep on park benches. Yeah. And he would just walk around the park and observe. And he describes that those were some of his most present and aware periods of his life. And if I recall correctly, he was homeless for about a span of three years like it was on and off but it was for a span of like three years and forgive me if i'm if i'm quoting the number wrong but it was years yeah and he said that exact same thing that it was such bliss <laughs> you know what i'm saying and so what we're saying obviously isn't that we need to be houseless to experience yeah. that of course not. <laughs> but it is saying that the things we look for for our satisfaction and our fulfillment are not the source. And in fact, when we think they are, they become the barrier. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom. That's, that's, that's it. Yeah, man, that's, that's just absolutely crazy. <laughs> it's just absolutely crazy to me how all these kind of things manifest. And we need to stop looking at life as one dimensional you know, when we see, when we truly understand that we can learn from everything. And my, my whole yeah. awareness now is just, I just want to make every person, every experience my teacher. Yeah, that's you know? what I felt during those times. Mm. Every little moment, mm -hmm. whether it's people watching or actually having a conversation, was a teacher. Yeah. All the time. And maybe that's something I have asked for it because I, I do believe in the law of attraction and I do believe that my thoughts do manifest physically. Yeah. And maybe being houseless was a part of that process. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I do know when I was houseless, every moment was amazing. Wow. To teach me and to become a spiritual teacher, that is something that I do aim to grasp at one point. And maybe because I asked for that, that comes with a lot of lessons in between becoming fully embodying becoming a spiritual teacher comes with a great task. And I think a lot of these spiritual teachers that we have listened to, mm -hmm. whether you are religious or not, people that have had aided self-improvement have been through big things. And it comes with that territory. I, I, I think that because I can live my story again is where I become a better teacher over time. I'm one million percent. And I, and I see the connection between those things. That's powerful. I mean, first off, you talking about uh, law of attraction. I most definitely identify with that. And I've, yeah. I've also spoken about it. You know, um, I, don't, I don't know if, if, if I've told you about the little science that I looked at that was interesting, mm -hmm. where they were pretty much saying that, okay, you know, we know that what we can see is the electromagnetic spectrum. You know, and so the visible spectrum is within is within the full electromagnetic spectrum. Right. You know, and so respectively, the electromagnetic spectrum is all around us. Yeah. So from a quantum mechanical perspective, it possesses all possibilities. 
that infinite possibilities exist within the spectrum, within this reality. But it also talks about the fact that our mind, because our brain is our brain, it's, yeah. it's the physicality, but then our mind is the electricity of our brain. Yeah. And so our mind releases electrical energy. Yeah. And then our emotions, and this can be, this was quoted by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Uh, he was saying that our emotions release magnetic energy. So when we think while emoting, we release an electromagnetic signature into the atmosphere. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. Mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> and so when we're letting out that signature, wow. it is bringing back to us that which is equated to our frequency. <laughs> and so I tie wow. that in to you talking about being a spiritual teacher because my favorite definition of spirituality is very, is very simple. That mm. to be spiritual is to be amazed. Mm. And if I live in a state of amazement, in a state of wonder yeah. and curiosity and openness, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, our, our buddy Danny. I love yeah. Danny. I know you've been listening <laughs> to this, bro. But yeah, it's like, <laughs> he, would, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like what he was saying was last time the three of us got together that he was like, he, I believe he was quoting Byron Katie when he said, when things, something to the effect of when things, when you feel like things can't get any better, they have to. Yeah. You know? And so when you're living in this spiritual state of amazement, number one, that is spirituality. That is connection to God, however you perceive God to be. Yeah. You know, that is that. That is that satisfaction and that fulfillment. But simultaneously, it's also setting you up from an electromagnetic perspective to attract the best things into your life. Mm. And so that that's the crux, man. Like that's what I feel like your your message is because that's what you live. I mean, of course, I, I feel like we it would it would be necessary to to, to bring this in as, as one of the little things we bring in before we close. You yeah. know, so of course, um, thankfully you're no longer in a houseless. Yes, situation. yes, mm -hmm. yes. I I'm back in Florida mm -hmm. with in my mom's house with my siblings, which is the best place I can be right now. It's amazing. Uh, and this is a process too. My my brother's going through stuff right now. He, he recently got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Wow. So there's always things to learn around us. There is never a point in time when you can't learn from the situation that you're in. And that's, that's, I think that's the piece too. Mm -hmm. Like, although I've had low lows, when, it, when it's perceived low on the outside, I was actually in my highest state. And I've been depressed after that. <laughs> so it's funny. I was houseless and I was blissfully happy. Wow. When I was in a house, I was depressed. So there's, there's finding out the balance a lot of the time throughout growth, throughout the journey. I was just about to ask that because when you, when you characterize it, when you said I've been through those low lows, it's, it's interesting because I was like, after hearing your story, when I heard low lows... I wasn't thinking low lows based upon what you've been through experientially. Uh, I was thinking low lows based upon how you felt or emoted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that changed the game right there because immediately from hearing what you said, because I was like, low lows, well, he's not just talking about being houseless because he was yeah. doing some gangster shit. Like he was, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he was vibing with it. You know yeah, what I mean? I like so many great people. Yeah. yeah. C connection, you know, I say all the time, I say all the time that the three determinants of happiness are progress, mm. identity, and connection. Mm. And so during that time, 
while it may not have looked like you were having financial progress. Oh no, there was internally. Yeah, progress was 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 most definitely manifesting yeah. in a way that you've never experienced. Then identity, identity, you were just being. Yeah, which is the greatest type of identity there is, which is just being without needing to define yourself by a category. Yeah. You were just living, and yeah. that's what we are, is that one of the most powerful things that I hear is that we don't have a life, we are life. Mm. We are life, and so we utilize these you know, human-based human identities, and so they have utility, but at the crux of everything, we're life. Oof. And that's all you had that's was all, life, yeah, dog. That's all it was. That's all it was. And so that's, that's why that, that, that piece came because you took the mask off. You had yeah, to. Yeah. And then connection. You meet these people that were not only so kind, but so thoroughly invested in connection. Yeah. So you got to have these real experiences. There's, there's no such thing as, as that kind of fakeness. When yeah. you and a person is just connecting and both of you guys, quote unquote, don't have anything. Yeah, there was, and, and I think a big thing is there was never a lack of love. I never felt a lack of love when I was houseless. Wow. That, and that's something, I, I just thought about that right now. When you said that, I never put that together. Whoa. That makes me want to cry right now, really. Yeah. There was never a lack of love when I was on the streets. And whether people pass me by, they, everybody has yeah. things to do. So, and I, I didn't feel bad at the people. Like, I didn't feel like I have not. There are the haves and the have nots. I never felt like I didn't have. Even if I was stripped away of all my material belongings, even my clothes, I never felt like I didn't have. And I'm really glad that I can make that distinction today. You know, you just, you just hit me with something and I gotta, I gotta give a, another shout out. I gotta, even though I, I don't know if she'll listen to this, but I gotta give a shout out to our, our other friend, Gabby. The, the yoga specialist. Hey, yo, shout know. out Gabby. I just met her recently yeah. too. Awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome <laughs> person, man. That's fam right there. But she talks about this concept of returning home. Yeah. And she was like, home is where the heart is. Yes. She said, home is where you are loved. And she said this to me because her and I actually shot a podcast, uh, uh, I believe it was like two weeks ago. And mm. she was saying that so many people are doing all of these external things, yeah. but they're really just trying to come home. They're trying to come to that space of loving awareness. And so there's so many people with houses and not homes, yeah. but you were a person without a house, but the home was there. Yeah, I, yeah, big, very big. So to me, as I'm hearing this, what this speaks to me most powerfully, and the thing that I believe can be taken away from this by everybody, is the large majority of us who are listening to this are blessed to have houses. Mm. But make sure that you're making a home in your house. Mm. And make sure that when you leave your house, you take the home with you. Mm. Not only focus on cultivating love, but focus on being love. I want to be a home. Yeah. You know? And that's what we can learn from that, bro. That's powerful. And so... As a closing, because I know you and me, we could go on forever. Yeah, but I can, yep. <laughs> I, I want to, on a hundred, we could definitely do that. But I, I want to hear, is there, is there any message or, or any thought or, or anything at all that you want to convey right now? Uh, on the last note that you mentioned, gratitude is key all of the uh -huh. time. Uh, the thing that helped me the most when I was houseless was being grateful for everything that was happening when it was happening. 
why it was happening didn't matter. I was just grateful that it was. Wow. Gratitude. Wow. Gratitude is ultimate. You weren't even concerned with why it was happening. Just that it was. Oh, yeah. Acceptance. Yeah, I could say that confidently. Acceptance. Yeah, 100. Accept life. We don't, and there's a difference. See, this, this is a perfect thing to end on. Is that there is a key difference between accepting our narratives about life mm. and accepting life. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that is one of our biggest struggles. How many of us would have the balls to accept houselessness? And I keep going back to that because that's something that so many of us can't even fathom that experience. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm. me, even to this day, I remember when, when I was six years old and, and, and my, uh, my family, we were going through certain things where uh, we weren't houseless, but we were, we were going through things that were very conducive to that, mm. you know? And that's just such a major thing. And so it, it affects me viscerally when I think about it. Yeah. And so that's the thing that we can take away from this is that when we learn to accept life, and accept the manifestations of life. We don't have to accept the narratives we tell. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, when we let go of the narratives, acceptance becomes easy because, well, rather, it doesn't become easy, but it becomes possible. Because that's all yeah. there is, is now. Yep. Yeah, we gotta it, yeah it's not easy. I can't say it's easy. Yeah. For some reason, then it, it was. Mm-hmm. And I let it be. And I'm grateful for that. 100. That's that's so much power, man. But yo, Jordan, it it has for real been the realest, man. This is legitimately all of the things that I've spit on this podcast. This this is my favorite episode. Ah, dude. This is my favorite Ah. episode, bro. This is my favorite episode. Thank you. And I implore you guys, please... When you listen to this, if it resonates within you, share it with somebody. Not for the views. I couldn't give less of a damn of whether this gets five views or a thousand or a million views. Mm. But my thing is, if this resonates within you in the way it is within me right now, I ask that you share this with somebody because it could touch them wherever they're at. You know? Yeah. So, yes. Well, thank you. I'm grateful to, again, have the opportunity. Oops, sorry. I just dropped yes, the book. I dropped my, my, my book, my journal. I didn't even share my poem. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. how you know, that's how you know we're keeping it real about yeah. here. But yo, seriously, thank you, brother. Yo, so, thank you. Guys, you have just listened to the Mental Muscle Podcast. This was another step in moving forward and increasing your awareness about life and the amazement that it allows us when we simply let go of the narratives. Mm. We love you guys. and We thank you. And please like, share, and spread the word. And on that note, Mental Muscle Coach is out. Peace. Peace.